All right, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday, June 8th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by my co-host on Monday and Tuesdays here at MMAOddsBreaker.com, Mr. Big Marcel. What's going on, big man? How's it going, man? Hey, what's up, man? Yeah, all good. Lots of news, right? Uh, Last-minute <laughs> replacement. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's all good. Just just in time for the, for the show, but uh, yeah. I mean, we will probably go quick uh, on that one because uh, no tape study, no uh, taping yet. So, uh, yeah, I know odds. So, Yeah, for sure. So what he's alluding to is uh, Terrence McKinney's in. Franco Montrose Audi got in a car accident. That fight's been canceled. I was tipped off about this this morning, so I did have some time to look at the uh, the new opponent here, Terrence McKinney. I did do the tape study, Marcel, so we can talk about it, but we don't have odds for that for fight, sure. guys. So it's hard to give a bet when you don't have odds. I don't know what the odds are going to be. I assume they'll be pretty close, though. What are you going to say? Also good to say that uh, uh, Camacho is doing well. He's not he's, he's not badly injured or whatever uh, in the car accident. So, I mean, that's also good to say. Yeah, that. when I saw that story, I was, you know, pretty upset. I mean, he seems like a, a good dude from all accounts. Yeah. Like, Cole's interviewed him a bunch of times. I know James has too, so he seems like a decent guy. I do like this McKinney guy. By the way, so I didn't know a ton about him, but if you go on YouTube and search his name, he's got this crazy story where he was, like, tasered by cops when he was on uh, Shrooms and Acid, like, in 2014. It's crazy, and he's turned his life around. Now he's in the UFC, so it's actually a pretty amazing story, and uh, it was really cool to see. Anyways, yeah, it's a good card. we got to get into it, though, because we got 14 fights, Marcel, to break down, and uh, yeah. 13, 13 of them have odds. I should mention that we're just going to do UFC today. PFL and Bellator, I'll say for Thursday with AJ, so Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern, we'll do uh, those cards with myself and AJ Shulo, but me and Marcel are going to do UFC 263. So I'll just pull up the card, Marcel, I'll pull up my notes. I want, I want to do one more one more thing before we start. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we forgot that yesterday. Um, Dane Sayers. Uh, yes, I was going to say away. that. Yeah, so uh, former Ultimate Fighter contestant Dane Sayers passed away. Found in a river in Fargo, North Dakota. From yeah. what I, saw. I don't know exactly what happened. I'm assuming. Um, I don't really want to assume anything, actually, to be honest with yeah. you. So I, it's just a terrible story. And I mean, the guy, he was in the UFC. He didn't fight in the UFC officially, but he was an ultimate fighter. So it's yeah. terrible, though, right? I know you're a fan of the guy, obviously. So definitely worth it. And again, there's a lot of news actually today, guys. Like, if you want, go to bjpen.com. Got you covered there. But this hour is dedicated to UFC 263. It's a great card, and I'm looking forward to talking about it. You know what? Let's just let's talk about the Frivola fight with McKinney first before we get into the fights with the odds. Let's just get this out of the way. Give me your thoughts mm-hmm. on this matchup. It's Matt Frivola against Terrence McKinney in the lightweight division. Give me your thoughts. Yeah, man. Um, actually, don't know for sure it's lightweight or it's catchweight. I have no idea because uh, McKinney sure. has made uh, lightweight on Friday, you know, or, or on Thursday. He had to fight on Friday for LFA, where he uh, where he won against uh, Irizarry, was his name. Yep. Um, yeah, he got two solid wins back-to-back in, in LFA, man. A head kick knockout and, and, a, and a KO win last, last Friday. Uh, he, he, I really like him, and I think he's a good fighter. You know what I mean. And he he got kind of um, surprised by that Sean Woodson flying knee. I remember on, on the contender says because he was dominating the fight before yeah. that happened. So actually, I, I think he's a he's a pretty good prospect, man. Uh, coming uh, signed to the UFC, Frivola. Yeah, man, Frivola had so many bad luck in the last couple of uh, couple of fights. So many pullouts from either him or from his opponent. Um, the Tarukian fight last time out that was pulled to put together on uh, 12 or 13 hours notice right after the weigh-ins, you know, because both their opponents for him was Azaitar and for Tarukian it was uh, Hakparas pulled out, so they put them together. Um, yeah, man, I, I think Prevola, as long as Prevola knows that his uh, ground game 
is there, you know, he then he should he can win this fight, you know. But Favola also loved to throw punches, and I don't think that's really fitting him, you know. You saw them the Paul Reyes fight for out of out of nowhere. He 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 well, he became a striker, you know. Um, <laughs> we all know his ground game is better than his striking game, although I think that's that's the, the, the issue. But um, yeah, it, it's it's a difficult fight, man. To be honest, man. I, maybe if Terrence McKinney uh, didn't fought last week and didn't have to cut already, you know, and now he has to cut probably again, I would favor him. But I think Favola takes a unanimous decision. Yeah, okay, so I really liked Favola against Camacho. Obviously, Camacho's a fade at this point. The guy, he's barely UFC caliber. I obviously wish him all the best after the car accident. That sucks. Hopefully, he gets another fight um, later on this year. I really like Favola in that fight because I think he could have controlled him on the ground. This fight's different, though, guys. I'm telling you, this is a different fight. This is a different opponent. It's a completely different fight. Terrence McKinney, again, I didn't know a ton about him, but I was looking at him today. He was a guy who wanted to be an Olympic wrestler at some point. And watching his fights, the guy is very good at wrestling. I would say maybe even better than Favola in the grappling, quite frankly. I think he's even better than him. Every fight he's had, he gets to the ground. Even the losses, the Sean Woodson fight, he was absolutely dominating the fight. What happened was I think he got gassed out and he just got tired and got knocked out. I think that's what happened. He, he does cut a lot of weight, I think. So that is something to keep in mind, Marcel. The Derek Minner fight, which he lost, you can watch that on YouTube. He took Minner down and, and he's stupid. He got caught in a triangle. Why would you take down Derek Minner? That's one of the dumbest things you could do. So made a mistake. But since then, he's looked really good in these fights, man. He's looked very good, guys. I'm telling you, man, this guy has good striking. He's got a nasty head kick. He's got power. He's got good wrestling. He's just well-rounded. I like this kid too, man. So I'm definitely looking at him. I, I don't know what the odds are going to be. I'm hoping he's an underdog because I would probably take a shot at him as an underdog, to be quite honest with you. Um, I do like I, I like this kid. What are you going to say? If he's a big underdog, yeah, yeah why yeah, not? Yeah, because yeah. because we already you see we all I already also was like I'm not sure, you know what I'm saying? So it's a close fight. If they're gonna do, for example, Frivola putting him as a plus or put uh, McKinney as a plus two or three hundred underdog. I, I don't think it's gonna be like that, Marcel. No way. Yeah, you do like, think I, so? I, I don't no. know, man. No way, dude, no way. But no what way. do you think? No. What do you think? I think Favola might be slightly favored at like minus 150, guys. I don't think he's yeah. going to be a huge favorite, maybe at most. I could even see McKinney has the favorite, quite frankly. I think Terrence McKinney is a good fighter. I think that the odds makers are really good. So he was just a minus 500 favorite in his last fight, guys. So he's yeah, not going to be an, a huge underdog here, Marcel, despite the short notice. His last fight, he closed at five, minus 505, guys. Um, the Terrence, the, excuse me, the Sean Woodson fight closed at minus 400. He lost the fight. Since then, oh. he's been like a pick and price, the two fights before that. Then he comes in the last fight. The odds makers blew that line, opened him as an underdog at plus 130. He ends up closing at minus 500. So the guy is probably going to be like close. It would probably be close odds, I think. I wouldn't be surprised if Fred was favorite. Obviously, he's got the whole training camp. And again, he was a guy was looking at this weekend against Camacho, but the fight's not happening. It's a different fight. I, you know, it's definitely not a, it's not a, a, an easy fight for either guy. I, I just think McKinney looks really good. So he's a guy I'm looking at. Yeah, I've got to say, I'm not 100% sure. With my pick yet, but I'm yeah, for sure. I mean, we don't have any odds you know? on it, guys. But it, yeah. he won't be plus two, three hundred. Everyone will bet on him at that point. He'll be like maybe plus one twenty, plus one thirty. I would think at max. I'm he might even be a favorite. Who knows? Excited to hear you guys. Take hey, Daniel. You two men. Andre, what's up, man? Hope you guys are doing good. He's got the soccer in the picture. I'm sure you're excited for the uh, Euro Cup. Andre, Adam, I'm so curious to hear your take on Izzy Vittori to be on fire this year. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that talking about that fight and actually all the fights. Um, this is a good card, guys, for sure. So let's get into the fights that we actually have odds for, Marcel. And we start off in the heavyweight division between uh, Carlos Felipe and Jay Collier. Man, I like this fight. You know, guys, I think this one's being slept on. It's the opening fight in the card. No one's really talking about it. But this is a fun fight to me. 
And right now, Carlos Felipe, minus 170. Jake Collier, plus 150. Marcel, talk about this fight. Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> what, what can you say about this fight? It's kind of kind of a weird fight to me, man. Uh, Carlos Felipe um, actually has, has not looked great. Also, doesn't look bad. It's kind of 50-50 with him, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, his debut against Sergei Spivak, he lost. Uh, the the Castro fight was pretty decent from from his side, but the Tafa fight again well, that was a split decision that could have easily but went mm -hmm. to Tafa. You know what I mean? Yep. And uh, man, he he <laughs> he always re uh, react like he has won the World Cup or something when he wins the fight. It's always funny to me. Um, yeah, Jake Collier. Jake Collier actually looked pretty good against Jan Vilante, I think, man. That was surprising to me. Uh, not that I don't think Jake Collier was not good or something, but against, I mean, that was not a fight I really was looking forward to, and he actually looked pretty good, decent that fight. Before that, the Tom Aspinall fight was horrible. And um, now we all know Jake was actually a middleweight before, you know, mm -hmm. then he went to light ever and now a heavyweight. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird fight. If I, if I look, I think, um, my gut feeling is that Carlos Felipe probably wins a split decision again. I don't say that it will be scored a split decision. Don't get me wrong, but I think it will be close and probably one judge way the other way in the split decision. By the way, so the McKinney guy, I should mention this, this is his fourth fight since March. So he's been active and he has he hasn't had any issues with the weight cut yet. So that's something to keep in mind. It's a good thing, I would say. But uh, obviously taking the fight short is something to keep in mind too. All right, let's talk about this fight. So... Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting fight, guys, and I like this matchup. Okay, so I got to be honest. Um, when I saw Jay Collier last year against Tom Aspinall and he came in as a heavyweight, I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like, this is the same guy that used to fight at, at middleweight and 205. And he's obviously not in the greatest of shape, and he gets knocked out, right? And I'm like, damn, this guy sucks. And then he goes and has a, a good fight against John Vellante and looked exceptional, guys. He looked really good in that fight. His striking looked really good. And I had to go back and watch his career again. And man, he is a really good fighter. He's super underrated, Jay Collier, guys. He's really good. He's actually a very good fighter who's being underrated because of what he looks like, I think. Um, I don't think he should be the underdog here. I actually think he's a better fighter. Um, some of the losses he had, like the uh, Vitor Miranda fight and Donkey Yang, he was dominating both those fights, guys, with his wrestling. I had to watch them back, Marcel. I don't remember what they, what they were like, right? He's getting dog yeah, he's dominating those yeah. fights, and then he gasses out because the weight cut to 185 is way too much. He got gassed out and lost. Even 205, I think, was a hard cut. But a heavyweight, he doesn't have to cut weight. He's obviously not like in shape, per se, but his cardio is not an issue. It wasn't an issue in the last fight at all. Neither was Carlos's. Here's the thing. I just think that, honestly, Collier's the better fighter. He thinks he's the better MMA fighter. Better striker, in my opinion. Better ground game. I think Carlos Felipe's not that great, guys. i got to be honest with you. Like He doesn't have any knockout power whatsoever, from what I've seen. Like He's got pillow hands for a heavyweight. Um, he really hasn't looked that impressive in the UFC, in my opinion. Uh, I thought he lost the fight against Tafa, to be honest with you. I watched it again a couple days ago. I thought he lost that fight, guys. He could easily be one and two right now. And to me, he's really not that great. I know he's a bit younger in this fight and stuff, but I don't even think that matters. I'm just looking at the better fighter. And I know you guys are going to laugh and be like, look at Jay Collier. He's a big fat ass, but I don't care. I think the guy's the better MMA fighter, quite frankly. And I think he actually wins this fight. So I like Collier to kick off the, the card here, guys, as an underdog. And uh, right now he's a plus 150 underdog. I mean, I, I think that's decent value, to be quite honest with you, because I think this fight's close, and I think that Collier can be the more effective striker, and, and he's he mixes it up better than Carlos Felipe, who just uses hands. Jay Collier uses everything. He uses, he uses his kicks, knees. He's got nasty knees, elbows, punches. He is the better MMA fighter, and I really like him in this fight, quite frankly. So there we go, Marcel. I got, a, I got an underdog to kick off the card here. 
All right, let's go to the next fight here, guys. Lightweight bout between Faris Ziam and Luigi Vendramini. Interesting fight. This is a close one, too. Uh, Faraz Ziam, minus 135. Luigi Vendramini, a small underdog, plus 115. Very close odds, Marcel. Give me your thoughts on this one, man. Yeah, I'm not sold on Faraz Ziam, to be really honest, man. I think uh, some... Uh, his debut in the UFC lost to Don Match, and after that, for, for some reason, he won that unanimous decision against Malaki in a fight I think he lost. So he should be 0-2 in my opinion in the UFC. Um, before that, yeah, I, I know he did he did well in the, in the regional circuit in Europe. He has a win over Damian Lapalus and against uh, Abner Loveras, a former Ultimate Fighter uh, guy who only fought once in the UFC, I think. Mm -hmm against Chris Gritzmacher, if I'm correct. Um, Luigi Vandromini. Uh, yeah, he had a tough uh, he had a tough debut, man, against Eliseo Zaleski, you know. And uh, after that, he defeated yep. Yasin Ayari. But, you know, the Ayari fight, maybe Ayari isn't that great, you know, but it was an impressive win from uh, Vandromini, in my opinion. He, he looked good. Not, nice head kick, uh, good finish. I think he even got a bonus for it. Mm -hmm. um, he also trains at Alpha Male still, I think, Vandromini. As uh, trains in France, um, give me Van Dramini in this one, man. Uh, probably by finish, uh, going with, um, I mean, Siam is not really good in, in, in uh, keeping the fight standing, but uh, both guys probably will go for the knockout. The yeah, I'm going with Van Dramini knockout second round. Yeah, it's an interesting fight. I mean, Siam is he's talented, he's a lot taller in this fight, five inches taller, he's got the reach advantage, a little bit younger and stuff, but. Man, I do think that the takedown defense is an issue for this guy. And you know what? Vendramini took down Eliza Zaleski de Santos and was holding him down. And he was winning that fight and just got caught with a flying knee. He was actually winning that fight, Marcel. And that would have been a big win. Takes the time off, comes back as a lightweight, and looked outstanding against Justin Iari, right? It, this is a, this is a tricky fight, I think. I, I think both guys can win. You know, I walked, I actually went to YouTube. I watched all ZM's old fights in France, the ones I could watch. And... The guy looked good on the regional scene with his grappling, but we get to the UFC and it's just a different story. He's on his back all the time now. So you got to watch that in the regional scene. Just because a guy can get mounted and, and get on top of a guy and rain out punches and, and finish him with strikes doesn't mean that he's good on the ground. It just means the guys he's fighting are not good on the ground. And I think he's shown against Don Madge and against Malarkey some, some holes in the grappling. I also think that Benjamin is probably the better striker too. So I, I you know what, guys? I'm going to take another dog, I think, here to, to for the second fight too. I'm leaning a little towards Benjamini. Um, I don't know if I like him as much as Collier in that first fight, but I, I, I lean a little towards Benjamin. I just really haven't been impressed by Farsiyam, honestly. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he did win, though, because he does have good cardio, and if this fight goes to three rounds, he could edge on the decision, like the fight with Malarkey, which, honestly, guys, I think that was a really bad decision. So maybe that's what's going to happen here, a bad decision in his, in his fight. But honestly, I think this fight might just end inside the distance. I could see someone getting finished in this fight, and I think it could be Benjamin getting a knockout or something. The guy's, the guy's underrated. I think he's a good fighter. And uh, he's got good, uh, good grappling and also good, um, good striking too. So I like Benjamini. You know, Adam, there, there is just a big, in my opinion, a big problem in the European scene, man. And that's with some regional cards where uh, it's very focused on the stand-up game. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And if there is, for example, there was even a, a promotion with like a 30-second ground rule. It's like, if this <laughs> doesn't happen anything on the ground, we stand you up. And that's like, not really MMA. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, but yeah, that's stupid. But because it was an official MMA fight, you know? Right. And for example, if you fight for that uh, organization, and for example, you, you win nine fights, you're 9-0. and And for that may be a big organization comes to you and it's like well you fight with us yeah for sure and you're going to there and you get taken down by american wrestler within 10 seconds and then you after 30 seconds you are 
don't, don't we have to stand up here? No, you have to get up yourself. And then you don't know what to do. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. there's always a big problem with, uh, with a lot of Europeans coming to, to the, let's say to the American circuit to fight, you know, and fight the American wrestler. And, and that's been a problem for years, man. You have some ground specialists in Europe, don't get me wrong. But uh, for example, in the Netherlands, pretty much the ground well, specialists, right? Yeah, yeah. Renier Rene de Ritter is like uh, an example who is a ground yeah. fighter, you know? He's very uh, good at the ground, but he's very one dimensional yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, guy, exactly. Guy one championship. Yeah, yeah and oh, by the way, Overeem, we didn't talk about this. Overeem signed with Glory Kickboxing today, guys. So they yeah. didn't see that. He signed with Glory. Um, let me get these comments quickly. Matt, Mac, Adam Forshouting is Diaz Moreno, Vittori, dog trifecta. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about those uh, those big fights with you, Matt. Daniel, I'm with you and Collier. I wait for him to be a bigger dog. I mean, I think plus 150 is not bad, but yeah, I'll, I mean, if he's going to be plus 200, I'll take it. I think that fight's close, and I think he has a good chance to win. All right, Marcel, let's go to the next fight here. The featherweight division, we have a very close fight between Chase Hooper and Steven Peterson. Right now, the odds have Steven Peterson and Chase Hooper one, minus 110 each. It's a pick em fight. Give me your thoughts on this one, man. Yeah, this fight stands uh, begin, begins standing on the feet, and Chase Hooker will get lit up if he doesn't get Steven Peterson to the ground. You know, it's it's a pretty simple. If, if Hooper gets him to the ground, he has a good chance to win. If Hooper doesn't get him to the ground, he gets beat up. That, that's pretty much what's going to happen, I think. Um, yeah. will, will Hooper get him to the ground? Maybe. Will he finish him? Maybe. But I think Peterson will land a lot of damage on Hooper. And I see Peterson winning this fight via TKO, viciously, probably. Wow, there you go. That's a big pick there by Marcel, taking Ocho Steven Peterson to beat. Chase the Dream Hooper by TKO. I think this fight's close. I don't know if I want to bet on this fight, just because I think it can go either way. But I yeah. got to be honest with you guys, I, you know, Chase Hooper, as a, as a, he's going to be, he might be an underdog, and he does have a lot of advantage in this fight. He's, he's a lot taller. He's three inches taller. He's four more, four more inches in reach. He's nine years younger. He's also a southpaw. All that stuff helps. And obviously his jiu-jitsu is just out of this world. But the problem is his striking is not great. And we saw that against Peter Barrett. We saw that against Alex Casteros. But a lot of these fights, he does eventually get to ground. You know, watching I watch Steven Peterson's fights pretty closely. The guy's actually a good fighter, good wrestling. But a lot of his fights, early in his career especially, came at 135. And in the UFC, he's been at 145 and really hasn't performed that great, I don't think. Like, overall, I think his record's 2-5 and five or something. So he's barely clinging on the roster at this point. And I think he is beatable, quite frankly. So I think, I think Cooper could win this fight. It's just hard to trust the guy, considering his striking's not great. But... You know, man, if he gets the right to the ground, I think he, I think he can get a submission possibly. So I know a lot of people are, are down on Hooper right now, and, and I am too. I mean, I think all of us are just because his striking really hasn't caught up to the to the, uh, the submissions and the grappling. But I think if he can get this fight to the ground, he's got a really good chance to win. And I, I think with the size advantage, he can do that. So I'm leaning a little bit towards Hooper here, but it's definitely a close fight. And I wouldn't be shocked at all if you were, uh, you were right and uh, – he lost because it's striking. I mean, it's it's not great, but he has been working on it. And again, guys, he's a young fighter, right? He's only what twenty one years old. So these young fighters I, get they get better, man. Go ahead. I honestly think the UFC signed him way too quick. But, I think uh, so too. You know, I got to be honest. Watching some of his fights back, um, he had this draw, and I think it was CFFC, and it was a draw against the guy he should have beat, right? And then he he picked up a win again over a guy that he just took down and mounted and, and pounded out, right, or got the submission over. But we did see him do that to Daniel Tamer, the UFC was at that fight. I still think this kid can do it. And also, that Peter Barrett fight did show me that, man, you know, he has a lot of heart, this kid, and he can find a way to win. And he does, he, was, he, does. he was And I picked Peter Barrett in that fight. He was a plus 300 underdog, and I thought he was going to win. And he almost did, but the kid found a way to win. So this is a different fight. The odds are different. He's Chase Hooper is not minus 400 now. He's, he's actually minus 110. So 
uh, it's a different odds. It's a different fight. I'm leaning towards Hooper a little bit, guys, just based on upside and stuff. He's a young guy, but it's it's close. Right, Matt says, I hard... remember Hooper getting knocked around the cage last fight. Peterson needs to stay measured. Yep. What are you going to say? What a heartbreaking fight was that for uh, for Peter Barron, man. I know. That was brutal. I watched that one again two days ago, I think. And, man, like, he was absolutely lighting him up and then just gets caught with the, uh, with the heel hook. But, you know, this kid can yeah. do that. He can die for a rolling, you know, heel hook or an e-bar or anything. He can do that. So, yeah, he's like that guy Claudio Apollos, um last week. Everyone said Claudio, you know, he, he got lucky in that fight and everyone was fading him. That's kind of what happened with this guy, Chase Hooper. Everyone's fading him now, it looks like. I just think you guys need to be careful fading him here a little bit just because I don't think Steven Pearson's as great as some people think. I know he had a great spinning back fist knockout, obviously, but overall in the UFC, I think he's, again, two and five or two and six or something. It's not great. Uh, Chase Hooper's also a legend, man. He, he got the – how do you say that? He, he got the Masvidal to apologize for knocking out his dad, Van Askren. That's still a <laughs> great, great clip to me. This yeah, yeah. There's this, I saw a hilarious picture of uh, – it was Jack Hermanson posted it. He called yeah. it like the Aspirins. It was him, Cooper, and uh, and Ben. I thought that was really funny. All right, let's get to the next fight here, guys. It is a women's uh, band and weight belt between Panny Kianza and Alexis Davis. And right now, Marcel, the odds for this fight have um, Panny Kianza at minus 200, Alexis Davis plus 170. Give me your thoughts on this fight. Yeah, Penny Kianza. I still have to. Uh, I, I still think about her uh, first nickname all the time. She got a new nickname now. So, Panny. Yeah, Banzai is her new nickname since like two or three. What was, years. What was it before? She used to have. What was it? <laughs> sexy Scramble. Yeah, yeah, Sexy Scramble. Yeah, yeah, that was a good nickname. I like that one. Yeah, was, go ahead, me go too. Ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, she's on a three-fight win streak. Uh, she looked, she looked good against Eubanks, man. I, I was kind of surprised with that. I think Eubanks is, uh, is pretty, uh, pretty, pretty good with wrestling, but she, she gasses normally. But, uh, but still, good win against Korea before that. She defeated Clark. That was in Russia, I think. Her uh, only loss in the in, in their second run in the UFC was against Julia Avila. We all know she lost the Ultimate Fighter finale against Macy Chisong. Um, yeah, man, I I think Penny finally gets it together. You know, she 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 started very good in, in her career. Then she had three losses, and then the UFC's uh, first stint wasn't wasn't good. She only got one fight, and now she has a three fight win streak. But man, Alexis Davis, on the other hand, Alexis Davis super tough. You know, you know what you get with Alexis Davis. Uh, she will get after you for three rounds, trying to get you to the ground normally and try to beat you up. Um, yeah, she also beat she she beat Maso last time out after uh, getting on, th on a three fight skit before. Um, th this is a difficult fight for me to pick, man. You know, um, I, I feel like uh, Penny is is younger. She, she's younger, right? And yeah, she uh, is. Oh, she, she's yeah. definitely younger, bro. She's yeah. like six years younger, I think, or seven. Yeah, years. definitely. Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of favor favor her for that because I think it's a really close fight. But we also know that Davis can keep the fight to the ground in, in top position. You know. Yeah. So. It's a 50-50 fight for me. I pick Penny Kianzat by the closest of decisions, but I'm far from sure. I'm not surprised if you pick Davis, man, because I'm 50-50 on it. Yeah, it's, it's a close <laughs> fight for sure. You know, I, I think that uh, Davis surprised me a lot against Mazzo. But, okay, so I, I had to watch the fight back. I remember I got burned on Mazzo on that one. I obviously liked her there because of the, the age, the reach, everything like that. But, honestly, Mazzo has pillow hands and no power. That's the thing. I think da I think also Kianzat is a better boxer. Here's the thing. How did Davis get that fight to the ground? She wasn't shooting doubles, guys. She was catching kicks. And Mazo kept spamming these kicks that she would catch the door to the ground. It was the dumbest game plan I've ever seen. It was stupid. And if you watch Davis's fights, a lot of her fights, she catches kicks and gets her opponents to the ground like that. She's not shooting doubles or singles. She's catching kicks. That's how she does it. Panny Kansas doesn't throw kicks. 
She's only a boxer, really. She has a little bit of a ground game, but she's mostly a boxer. And honestly, I think her boxing's looked really good lately. I think she's looked much improved. And again, Marcel, she's actually, uh, yeah, seven years younger. She's only 29. And, you know, Lexus, actually, yeah, Lexus is 36. I mean, that, to me, guys, 36-year-old fighter, I know she won her last fight. I got burned there, but I'm, I'm going back to the well here. I, I can't pick an, a, a fighter that's taking as much damage as Alexis has. I mean, she's taking a lot of damage, guys. Like, not only that, but she bleeds so much against the boxer that's going to be jabbing her face all night. I think it's a bad matchup for Alexis Davis, quite frankly. So I actually kind of like Panny here. I, I don't love the odds of minus 200. I kind of wish it was like in the minus, you know, 150, minus 160 range. But I do think she should win this fight just based on the striking. But again, you know, Davis, is he's, she's been proving herself over the years to be a very tough out. I think probably this fight will go the distance, Marcel. I don't really need to see a finish. But, um, you know, Ronda Rousey knocked her out. So, I, I mean, it's possible that Panny could put it on and pour it on and knock her out too. If Ronda can knock her, I think I think anyone can. To be honest with you, I mean that's yeah. Ronda knocked her out, guys. Like that's not that's not a good thing. Adam. I'm excited to see my Canadian bro Dewaro back. Yeah, man, we'll talk about him in a sec. Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was thinking like when you said boxing, I had to think Penny Kansat also uh, always say we have Team Flatnose, and then somebody asked her why you call yourself Team Flatnose, and she's like she does this to her nose, so she can completely yeah, of course. Then yeah. just getting jacked yeah. up all, all day in practice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think her boxing's look good. I was I was pleasantly surprised how good her striking looks. So I gleefully picked against Davis last fight, shut me up. Her game plays still plays. It does, but again, guys, she's gotta catch the kicks. If if Penny doesn't throw kicks, I don't think she's gonna get her to the ground. If she's dumb like Mazo was and throws kicks every round when she shouldn't have did that. Because if you remember that fight, the beginning of the fight, Mazo was lighting her up with the boxing. She was lighting her up for like two minutes and then all of a sudden throws a kick, gets caught, goes in the ground, and it had no way to get up and, and lost. Right. So I never get that when you when you know oh, the, 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 the opponent want, wants to go to the ground that you're going to throw kicks. I never get Stupid. That. Yeah, it's dumb. It's just bad fight. Like, again, that girl's only 23, I think, Basel. So yeah, she's young true. and will get better. But it was just a bad game plan. Gail says, I'll pick Ocho. He's talking about the Peterson fight. Yeah, I, I, I know. I know he's getting beat up by by Barrett. No doubt about it. He could definitely win, Peterson. He's high in Kianza, too. Yeah, she's looked pretty good. All right, let's go to the next fight, guys. Um, Mobster have love against Hakeem Dewado. So Andre wants to hear about this fight. And... Uh, Right now, Mobster is a decent-sized favorite, minus 235, minus plus 195 for uh, Hakeem Dewado. Yeah. Give me your thoughts on this fight. Yeah, man, you know I'm a big Mobster fan, man. Dude is solid. You know, he's solid everywhere. Um, he, 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 In the last two fights, man, the first round, he got in, uh, in some bad situations, right, in the almost submissions with uh, Grundy and against Lance, but he, he knew how to get out of it. Uh, the last fight was split decision. Should have been unanimous, man. He won two of the three rounds, in my opinion. Uh, Grundy, same same thing. Um, he he looks solid in the UFC. Not not really special like some others have looked, but just solid. You know, you know, uh, you can you can bet on Evloev, in my opinion. You know, uh, if you look at Dawudu, um, besides his first UFC uh, fight against uh, Danny Henry, he has won five in a row. But I uh, got to say, man, against Tuhu Goff in the last fight, I don't think he won that fight, to be really honest. I think Tuhu Goff won 2-1. to one, But uh, Tuhu Goff co- uh, coasted in the, in the third round, you know? He was, or how do you say that, coaster, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he was like, he didn't do anything. He thought he had two in the back. I also thought he had two in the back, but you never should think that as a fighter because you have some weird judges and he lost that fight. Yeah. So, um, actually... He has he hasn't looked that bad, man. That would do. I think he's a solid fighter. He's he's solid on the ground. He's solid standing. So against Avloev, 
I don't really think that he can do a lot to Evloev besides trying to get a knockout here, and I don't think he gets it. So yeah. I'm taking Masa Evloev via unanimous, unanimous decision again. I don't see a finish. I don't think either one will finish each other. I think both are too tough. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that too. I think it probably is going to the distance. Just seems like based on the way they fight. So I've always liked Takim, obviously, guys. I mean, he's a Canadian fighter, and he was one of the best prospects coming out of WSOF. And that fight, uh, I mean, he's had a bunch of fights in WSOF where he had tons of knockouts. And I, I like the kid coming into the UFC. Has that surprise loss against Danny Henry, which has always been like, wow. That was always one of the big shockers to me when he lost that fight. I'm not even sure if that guy's on the roster anymore, actually. Um, but that was a big surprise. And since then, he's looked pretty good. He's 5-0. I, I think I've, I've actually bet on him in all the five fights. So... I know he's a good fighter, but I gotta be honest, guys. I feel like I've gotten lucky a few times. Like I don't know if he beat Takukov last year. I'm not sure if he should have won the fight. I, I got my pick right, but I don't know if I should have won that one. Um, even the Arce fight was very close. So he's he's yeah. fighting the split decisions. Like he's not really dominating guys. Like he's he's barely edging it out. I think I don't know if his style plays as well at the UFC level because he's mostly a striker. And at the UFC level, you gotta have grappling too. And I know he's got good Muay Thai and everything, Marcel. But Monster of Love is good striking too. You know, he's he's a fast guy too on the feet. And obviously his grappling is just, it's, it's very dominant. Um, I'm with you, uh, Daniel. I wasn't impressed by the Lentz fight either. That wasn't his best performance, but you know, the guy's pretty solid, man. And he's pretty well-rounded everywhere. I do think he is a future contender in this division because of the grappling and well-rounded game. So I, I'm not going to, this isn't the guy I'm going to fade against Evlov. I do think he might lose eventually to someone in the top 10, but it won't be Duwado, I don't think. So I'm going to pick Evlov too, Marshall. I do think he wins this fight. Uh, Matt says more impressed by how a uh, decent length looked. He looked okay. I mean, his eye was messed up and he went the distance with a really tough guy. So, and he also had that submission attempt, right? With that guillotine. Almost round, five. Yeah. 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 So it was close. Okay. Let's go to the next fight here. Women's flyweight bout. Lauren Murphy against Joanne Calderwood. And the odds are pretty competitive. Minus 150 for Calderwood and plus 130 for lucky Lauren Murphy. Give me your thoughts. If your number one contender fight is another pay-per-view main card or even on the main card, this is everything the UFC thinks about this division besides Valentina, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, Joanne Calderwood. The problem with Joanne Calderwood is as long as she can keep it standing and she can keep it technical, she's 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 doing well. You know what I mean? But if she gets to the ground, that's that's her not not her thing. I, I don't know how to say it in English, but that's not her, her how do you say that her forte or how do you say guys say that i don't know it's but, her specialty, um, i guess or yeah, yeah it's not her specialty on the ground absolutely not you know yeah. she no. if the fire goes hits the ground she's mostly lost you know uh, over the over the years um Lauren she Murphy, the triangle over kalinda Faria. that's the only time she's ever really looked good on the ground that one fight where she got the triangle true, off the back yeah we got we got to also keep in mind that kalinda Faria got finished I, by mara <laughs> romero barella on the, in the <laughs> ufc as well yeah so yeah um laura murphy Four fight win streak. Uh, gotta say against Andrea Lee, that split decision. I had that for Andrea yes, Lee. No yes, I think so too. Yep, I'm with you on yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, the Mother Fairy one was a good one. She looked good in that one. And against Shakirova, she looked good as well. But that was a short notice fight for her. Uh, and that was a like a debut for Shakirova. And she should have won that one, you know. So she was actually supposed to fight Carvillo that time. Um, the thing is, if it's a really close fight, and I think this is a close fight. I tend to go with the wrestling, you know, with who can take, who can dominate on the ground. And I think Murphy's wrestling is better than JoJo's wrestling. So I'm going with Lauren Murphy for a unanimous decision here. There we go, an underdog pick. So I think this fight's super close. I was going back, I'm going back on fourth eyes still. Um, but I gotta be honest with you, Marcel, I'm leaning a little towards Murphy too. I'm with you a little bit, just because 
I think it's going to be a super close fight that's almost assuredly going to the distance, guys. I'm pretty sure this fight goes three rounds, and I could definitely see a split decision. But I do think yeah. Murphy with, with the with the grappling, I think that's her path to victory here. She just needs to wrestle. She can get the takedowns in this fight. And I also think she can kind of hang with Calderon on the feet. Joanne's definitely a better striker technique-wise and everything, but I also feel like Joanne's past her prime, guys. She's 35 now. I know Lauren's older at 37, but I actually think Lauren's more in her prime, if that even makes sense. I just don't think Joanne... She's ever really put it. She's actually thirty four. Excuse me. Um, I don't want to get the age wrong. I don't think she's ever really put it together in the UFC though. Like I think a lot of us thought when she came to the UFC for Invictus, she would be a champion one day, and mm -hmm. she just really hasn't been able to put it together. Overall, in the UFC, her record is seven and five. I mean, that's just not a good record, guys. It really isn't great. What's what's Murphy's? I gotta check hers out. Hers is six and four, so not great either by any means. But I, I do think you know they both fought pretty competition, but you know Murphy's looked I think pretty strong lately. Marcel with the wrestling, right? And I just think that's her path here, guys, with the wrestling. So it's a close fight. If it stays standing, more of it, then probably Calderwood will get the decision. But if it goes to the ground, I think Murphy can edge it out. So, you know, not every favorite in this card is going to win, guys. And I think that some underdogs have a chance. And I think this is definitely one that has a chance. So it, it's, a, it's a close fight. I, I'm, it's not like a super confident pick by any means, but I am leaning a little towards the underdog as well, Marcel with Murphy. So I'm with you on that one. Let me get the comments here. Uh, he says, uh, you're right, prelim contender fight, not a good look on the prelims because he was saying, why are you doing them dirty? But it's not him, it's the UFC. UFC, UFC should take a page from Cam Soda's Tito offer, Murphy and Calvin for Shichenko. There's also a guy, uh, Tenshin Natsukawa, is fighting uh, three guys at once. So. Yeah. <laughs> could, be, could be more than two. Murphy thought at 135 has a strength advantage. I'm kind of with you. I do think she's a pretty strong fighter. She also has a pretty cool, crazy story, too. I mean, Dude, I mean, yeah. I remember her from Invicta when she was Lauren Taylor, when she wasn't even Lauren Murphy. I remember back then. She was great. Like, she was a really good fighter. And then, obviously, had some ups and downs. But, I mean, she's really improved. So, I'm not the biggest fan of her style because I don't think it's the most exciting. But I think that she's definitely a capable fighter. and definitely possible that she wins this fight as a dog. All right, Marcel, next one. This is a rematch. This is weird, guys. This this fight's really kind of uh, – this is just so weird. Because the weight classes were – Yeah, exactly. So, we just saw Eric Anderson and Darren Stewart fight. I think it was in March or April. And uh, it was yeah. on the uh, Bilal Muhammad card, that weird card where there was, like – I folks, no contest. Do no contest. Um, and we saw the fight. We all saw the fight. Eric Anders was absolutely dominating the fight and makes an absolutely boneheaded decision. Needs a downed opponent, and uh, it's a no contest. They've rebooked the fight. It's not middleweight. It's a light heavyweight, which is just kind of weird to me. Um, I guess they didn't they just agreed not to cut the weight, so that's uh, that's okay with me, I guess. But it just it's kind of weird that it's not middleweight. It doesn't really do anything for that division. Give me your thoughts on this fight, Marcel. Right now, the odds have um, Anders is a minus 150 favorite, Stewart plus 130. Anders uh, actually was the underdog the last time around, so the odds are flipped. Give me your thoughts on this fight. Yeah, it's actually pre pretty funny because I thought Eric Anders wanted this at 205, but James Lynch said in, uh, it said in his breakdown that uh, Darren Stewart actually requested the 205 weight class. So kind of surprised for that. Mm. Um, also, that that uh, the that, uh, odds have flipped. That, that's not that weird because Anders was finishing Stewart, yep. you know, yep. and yep. he made a stupid mistake. Um, yeah, it's kind of like, do you remember when uh, Darren Stewart was fighting Francima Barroso in his debut? And he got and he won, but there was no contest after. Yep. And then they fought again, and then they, he lost. Yep. So, it, I mean, I, I don't know what to think about this fight, man. It's two or five. I think Stewart yep. will be better prepared. He knows what Anders has to give right now, you know. So, will it flip? I don't know. I was on Anders last time, but you know, I don't know who to pick here, man. It's really a fifty-fifty to me. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's a two or five now as well. 
Uh, it's not at 185. Uh, Stuart knows what Anders going to bring. Anders knows what Stuart going to bring. Uh, it's it's weird to me, you know. And yep. uh, man, you know, I'm going I'm going a little crazy. I'm taking Darren Stewart. I think there we uh, go. <laughs> Stewart's going to win this one this time. You know, there we go. So I actually picked Stewart last time. I'm going to switch my pick now to Andrews just because of what we <laughs> just, just because of what we saw in that fight. Yeah. I know it, was, it didn't even last the full round, but. Anders was dominating that fight, and he looked good in that fight. And obviously, he's training at a new gym, and he looked—it looked like a new guy. So I, I think based on that fight, I have to pick him. But this is a different fight. It's in a bigger cage this time. It's not in the small cage like that one was, where Anders was able to really push him against the fence easily. I mean, who knows? I mean, Stewart might look better at two hundred five. I don't really know. I think it's weird how it's a two hundred five, and it's—it just—it's making me scratch my head and wondering like, what's it going to look like this time around? I'm going to pick Anders, guys. But I mean, this this fight's weird. Logically, Anders should roll, but the 205 is where Anders, where he's fought. Yeah, he has fought there, but I think that, you know, it could also possibly give Stewart an advantage because, he, you know, he's fought there too, guys. I mean, it's not like he hasn't fought there. He has fought there. He didn't do very well at light heavyweight, but he has fought that weight class before, so go ahead. I mean, Anders is probably the obvious pick, you know, but... Yeah, no, I can see it. I can definitely see an upset. I think, yeah. I think a lot of people will be betting on Anders this weekend, and yeah. I can see why they're doing it. But they're going to be pissed if he loses. I'll tell you that. And it, it wouldn't <laughs> shock you guys. I'm telling you, whenever a line flips like that, you gotta you gotta scratch your head a bit and be like, okay, yes, we did see the fight, but technically he didn't even win. So you gotta remember that too. It's 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 kind of weird. Anyways, I'm gonna pick Andrews. Our soul switch to Stewart. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right, let's get to the the uh, prelim main event. I guess we call it. Um, this fight's great. Drew Dober against Brad Riddell. Love this fight. This is. Actually, I think this could be fight of the night. I mean, I know Nate Diaz is on the card, but this could be fight of the night. Um, two really, really good strikers. Drew Dober, minus 135. Brad Riddell, plus 115. Give me your pick. Yeah, I'm actually very, um, how do you say that? Very convinced in my pick here, man. I think Drew Dober is overall a better fighter and a comp more complete fighter, man, than Brad Riddell. Brad Riddell really needs to, needs to have it from the stand-up, you know. Uh, he won a split decision against Mustafaev which I think could have gone easily Mustafa way was close. I, I won't say he didn't win because I, I think, I don't know what I scored it. I could have scored it for Riddell as well. I don't know anymore what I scored it, um, but it was very close. Uh, he looked good against Alex da Silva, but I expected him to win that fight. So there was no, uh, mm -hmm. um, no surprise there. Uh, Drew Dober has looked good in the UFC. Man, his only losses in his last couple of fights came to Benil Darius in a fight he was winning before getting caught in an armbar. And against Islam Makashev, which is no shame to to lose to. Some good wins, man. He was, a, I think, he was a, a big underdog in the fight against uh, Nasrat Hakparast, you know, and uh, he won that fight. Uh, he was uh, probably was he an underdog or was he was he a favorite against Alexander Hernandez? Not sure, but he won. Let me that double fight. check. I'll double check. Uh, I think he was the underdog, if I'm not mistaken. Let me just double check. Drew Dober against Hernandez. He was, yeah, he actually was the favorite. He was the favorite. Yes, favorite. But against okay. Dober or against uh, Hakparast, big underdog. I got gotta say I, I've picked almost all Dober fights the last six seven uh, correctly. Only I picked against him against Nasrat Akbaras, and he won that one. Um, I just think Drew Dober is a more complete fighter than Brett Riddell, to be honest, man. And I yeah. think Drew Dober will win the fight unanimous decision, thirty twenty seven likely. So. Okay, so I got to show you guys this. So I didn't know a ton about Brad Riddell. I mean, I've obviously seen his fights, but I didn't really realize like he came from a kickboxing background and everything. Like he won. That's yeah, right. exactly. So I got to show you guys this because this is crazy. I was watching this fight the other day. <laughs> like, this guy's nuts, Marcel. This guy fights. Watch this. Uh, I think that should work. You guys see that? All right, watch this one. Watch this fight here. It's it, Watch this guy. Look at this, Marcel. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> uh, 
anyways, yeah, I mean, the guys, he's a good striker too. Um, yeah, I mean, they're both good. So I think it's pretty competitive fight. Riddell's looked pretty good in the UFC. I think he's a solid fighter. I don't know if he's yes. a top 15 guy though. I, I'm not sure. Dude Ober is, he's proven that. It's close. It's a close fight. Um, I'm kind of with you, though, in that Dober is the more well-rounded MMA fighter and more experienced, obviously. Um, he's got a ton of power. He's got a great left hand. He's a southpaw in this fight. That should give him an advantage. We, we know he's got bricks in his hands. Um, we know he's got a bad ground game, too. It's not great. He does have good offensive wrestling, but defensively, it's not good. But this isn't a grappling fight. He's fighting another striker. I'd really be shocked if Brad Riddell shot for a takedown. I think this fight takes place in the feet. And if anything, I could see Dober shooting for takedowns because... Riddell has been taking down all his fights in the UFC, including by Mr. Five, I think, eight times in a fight he he won, but I'm not really even sure he should have won that fight. I think it's a competitive fight because I think if it takes place in the feet, Riddell has good technique and he can knock Dober out possibly. And Dober's got an iron chin, but you never know. Um, he's taken a lot of damage in his career. He has been knocked out once, I think. Yeah, one time. But I, I feel like, you know, Dober is probably the better fighter, Marcel. I'm with you a little bit, but. You know, I, I think this is one where Riddell could surprise us a little bit, guys. He is a little bit younger. He's a pretty good fighter. And I think the UFC's hired him. And, and here's a good question from Matt. He says, I don't know why Riddell, but he had a fight canceled against Gillespie. He did. That fight was – it's weird how they, they didn't rebook it. I think that's a little strange. But I think he would have lost to Gillespie. I think this is more of a winnable fight. But I still don't know if he wins it. I think it's a tough fight. So we'll see. But I'm leaning towards Dover. Anders Stewart has smelly fight written all over it. That's funny. Um, remember when that moment Anders headline card? Yeah, the fight against Thiago Santos was an absolute war. The fight was amazing. One of the best fights, probably like absolute brutal fight. Like that finish was just absolutely brutal. The fight with Machida wasn't that great, but I did win on Machida as like a huge underdog that night, so it was okay. Um, but it wasn't a great fight. All right, let's get to the main card, Marcel. Paul Craig against Jamal Hill start off the card, and uh, Jamal Hill minus two eighty. Paul Craig plus two forty. Give me your thoughts. I'm going to tell you that a lot of British people are always upset how the Americans or North Americans say Paul Craig. I'll tell you how to say it for once. Don't don't keep it in mind. Just say however you want to say it. Paul Craig. So uh, Paul Craig is going to fight Jam Jamal Hill, you know. Uh, Paul, Paul, I'm just going to say Paul Craig. I don't give a shit. Uh, Paul Craig is, uh, you, you know what you get with him, you know. He wants to go to the ground. He wants to submit you. That's basically what he wants. He got the greatest comeback win like ever in the UFC against Magomed Ankalaev where he was like 30-24 yeah. behind yeah. all the scorecards and he pulled that off in the last second. Um, yeah, he won against Shogun the last time out. Uh, before that uh, against Antigulov, but Antigulov hasn't looked good in the UFC at all lately. Um, he's fighting Jamal Hill. Jamal Hill, solid guy, man. I really like him. I think he is a, he, he's a future uh, top 10 guy. You know, he's now just in the top 15. He's just under Craig, I think Craig is 14 and he is 15. Um, as long as he doesn't get caught with some weird submission, getting taken down in, in the later rounds, you know, you know, Paul Craig lost to his third round submissions, right? Yeah. Um, I <laughs> yep. think I think Jamal Jamal Hill likely knocks him out, man. I, I go in with the first round knockout. You know what, man? I got to be honest with you. Like, I thought Craig might have some value as a dog, um, but. You know, and because the guy's an amazing grappler, but I mean, the striking's just not there, and the chin's not there either. And this fight reminds me of the fight with Khalil Roundtree a lot. Um, fighting another southpaw here in Jamal Hill, a, a big, tall dude, and a guy that can knock him out, I think, too. Um, I think it's a tricky fight for Paul Craig if he can't get to the ground, and I'm not sure if he does, Marcel. I think Jamal Hill's watching his fights back. The guy's really good takedown defense, and he's got really fast hips. He's able to, like, stuff those shots. 
He's looked outstanding in the UFC. Absolutely outstanding. He was taken down a bunch by Dirk Ostosich late in the fight, which is definitely worrisome if this fight goes three rounds. But watching this guy's last couple fights, I mean, this guy doesn't want to go to three rounds. He wants to finish you. And his striking is really legit. It's very good. He throws punches and combinations. He just has tons of volume. He's the taller guy, longer guy, younger guy. I think as long as he doesn't get taken down, he'll win this fight. I honestly have never been super impressed by Paul Craig. I know he's still in the UFC. He's looked okay lately, but a lot of these wins he's had, guys, are, are lucky wins. It's like the guy has a shamrock in his back pocket or something. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like I, that fight, I still don't understand how he beat, how he got, um, what's his name, ankle left tapped out in that fight. It just doesn't make sense. One second left, the guy taps out. What the hell was that? And Man, the Kenny, was, Kenny Jekyll fight was very similar too. Bro, I was so I was so upset with that one because uh, I yeah. was in the league with 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 some other guys and they all had uh, yeah. Craig and I had I had Ankalaya. Yeah, I had Ankalaya too. Like, I was yeah. like, yes, yes, I'm gonna get. I'm done. Well, that's like, oh no, man, how is this possible? You know. <laughs> you know the crazy thing is like the next fight against Crute finished in the last ten seconds too against him, which yeah. is nuts. Like, what is the odds of that? <laughs> Daniel says Dober's a popular pick. I feel like it's close and Riddell's improving. I agree, man. I agree. Don't ignore the uh, the noise, bro. Figure it out yourself, you know? Feels like Craig's UFC career could have looked so different with a different set of opponents, possibly. He did look good against Shogun, but I'm telling you guys, Shogun's completely shot as a fighter. Like, it's not a really a great win. It really, he tapped out the strikes. Tapped the strikes? What, what is Paul, what's Paul Craig's deal, by the way, with Fortis MMA? I think he's been lined up against them all. Yeah, I know, right? He, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like I said, I think this fight's like the Browntree one or even like the Mendefield one where he just he doesn't have it on the feet and gets KO'd. Jim Hill is a very good striker. Having said that, I mean, if Craig shoots right away and gets the ground, who knows? Uh, maybe it could be an upside. I don't, I don't really see it, though. All right, let's get, we got 15 minutes left, Marcel. Four fights. Damian Maia against Bilal Muhammad in the UFC welterweight division. Uh, interesting fight here. The law minus 230, Damian Maia plus 190. Give me your pick. Yeah, man, it's actually, I don't know, man, this fight. You know, Damian Maia uh, won three of his last seven fights, but the guys he lost to, Tyrone Woodley, Colby Covington, Kamaru Usman, and Gilbert Burns, is like the top four of the of the welterweight division. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, Tyrone Woodley, not anymore, obviously, but it was like a former champion, former interim champion, champion, and former title contender. So he, he lost to some good guys and he won against Lyman Good, uh, Anthony Martin, and what was his last one? Oh, of course, Ben Askren. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it's, it's tough, man. I think Bilal Muhammad has looked good, but didn't have the same amount of opponents uh, uh, that, that Damien Maya had. You know, they both have a similar opponent than Lyman Good. Uh, Damien finished him in the first round for a submission, and Bilal had a tough fight and won a unanimous decision, two to one, two to one rounds. So, um, man, it's basically, is Maya still capable of doing his, his job on the ground? Does he gas out? Can he keep it on the ground? Can he do that? Can, can he Im implement his will to Bilal? You know, we all know Bilal is pretty good at the ground as well. Doesn't have the same credentials, obviously, as Maya. But, I mean, he, he's a lot younger, man. I don't know what, mm -hmm. what, the, what the difference in age is. I think he's like 43. Maybe, he's one of the oldest guys in the roster right now. Yeah, it's, 32. So 11 year difference. It's, it's almost uh, like you always say, it's a, a, immediately fate, an immediate fate yeah. with guys above 40 normally. I agree. You know? yep. um, so I think Bilal has still a lot to gain in the division. You know, and Maya, this is basically, uh, this probably is last fight, you know, in the UFC. Pretty. So possibly. Um, 
Yeah, I'm taking Bilal as long as he stays out of the uh, out of the submissions, you know. And maybe maybe we see a different approach from Bilal, man. Maybe he keeps it standing, you know. I, I don't oh, yeah. know what he's gonna do. He, I know he he prefers to get the fight to the ground, but he also knows that the ground game in this fight is probably the most dangerous to do against his opponent, you know. And probably a stand-up game is better than Maya stand-up game. So I'm taking Bilal unanimous decision, but he has to keep uh, he has to keep awake and not get lured uh, into a submission or whatever, you know. Yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, with everything you said, I think this fight's closer than the odds are indicating. I think a lot of people were kind of selling Damien short. He is a forty plus guy, but there's always exceptions to the rule, and this guy's one of them. I mean, he's still winning fights, right? So he's still good. He still got it. And watching the Gilbert Burns fight back, man, he took Gilbert Burns's back in, in the first round and nearly submitted him. But obviously, Gilbert too good in the ground. The game got caught and knocked out, which is a huge concern. Getting knocked out, he hasn't fought in over a year. He's forty three years old. There's all these knocks against him, right? Bilal's a young guy, he's been more active, he's had more successfully, everything like that. I get it. But at the same time, Damian Meyer, man, every single fight, Marcel, almost, he's able to get the fight to the ground. Um, with the certain exceptions against Usman, Covington, and Woodley. Is Muhammad at that caliber of a wrestler? I mean, I know he's good, but is he? I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. So same. you look at the fight with Hori Masvidal, guys. He beat him by taking – he just rushes in, grabs your single leg, hits to the ground, or takes your back, holds, your, holds uh, back control like the John Fitch fight. He's just really good at getting fights to where he wants them to be. I, I, I definitely think that Bilal in the in the bigger cage will have a better chance of avoiding those takedowns and everything. And he's obviously the faster fighter. He's the better striker. I think he probably has a better cardio Bilal, although Maya's isn't bad either. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Maya has a, has a chance to win, guys. I honestly do. So I don't really want to bet on Bilal here, personally. You know what I mean, Mar Marcel? Like, I think it's a closer fight than the odds are indicating, personally. Um, I'm going to probably lean a little bit towards Bilal just because I do think that he's obviously the fresher guy and everything. But, I mean, I think this is a fight Damien could win, Marcel. You know, this isn't an elite, it's not an elite opponent, guys. I, I think Bilal is a I, good I, fighter. I don't think he's a top – I don't know if he's a top 10 guy or top 5 guy, like I, the guy that, that uh, Maya lost to. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't get it that people think this is an, 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 a problem. It's not. He fights it's for not, Bilal. Guys. It's absolutely yeah, not. It's, it's not. a really it's not close a tough fight. fight. Yeah, it's a tough yeah. fight for him. I, I'm with you. I mean – Again, all the edges, the, the youth, all that stuff that goes towards Bilal, but it wouldn't shock me if Damien's able to get out there, shoot for a takedown, and or just grab his back or do something. Um, do, do, do you, I will say this, yeah. you know, he's Matt's saying to, he's going to pull guard. He doesn't really pull guard, though, bro. That's not really how he fights. He, he grabs your leg and or grabs your back and drags you down. He does Adam. body lock takedowns. He doesn't really pull guard. Go ahead. Do you remember that when uh, Damian Maya was fighting Gunnar Nelson a few years ago, and yeah. everybody was like, "Oh my God, there's going to be a huge test for yeah. Damian Maya," you know, and he won, and he won, he, won. he dominated yeah. the fight. Yeah, and same with the John Fitch fight. I remember betting on him against John Fitch. He was an underdog. I love that. Um, same with even like I know he lost, but the, the Chris Weidman fight, he put on a decent performance too. So you know, the guy's been around forever, guys, and he's he has good wins. He's got amazing wins on his resume. Like he's got some of the best wins you can have in this division. So. I don't think you should sell him short just because he's an old guy. Although, obviously, you guys know my rule in general. I don't bet on the 40-plus fighters. I just think that Damien's still a pretty good fighter. I, I, I'm i just not sure if he still got got it, you know. And, and his chin obviously got tested last time. Bilal's not really a knockout guy, but maybe if he just pours on volume, he can finish him. Maybe. Daniel says he likes Maya. He's always beats the level. His chin's rested. Yeah, I mean, he, he does. So I, I'm with you on that one. Um... Daniel or says uh, my old but style of age as well. I'm with you too. Like, and he's just able to like grab you and stick to you like glue. It's crazy. All right, you got three fights left, Marcel. In ten minutes, let's do it. Leon Edwards <laughs> against Nate Diaz. All right, man, five rounds, guys. And 
Holy, the, the odds are really high now. Minus 600 on Leon Edwards. And Nate Diaz is a plus 450 underdog. What do you think about this, man? These odds are pretty high, but what do you think? Man, I likely, I, I think I'm going to take a bet on this one, man. I'm honestly going to do, I think. Um, I mean, Leon Edwards, you know, <clears throat> Leon Edwards is a guy, and this is really nasty what I'm going to say. Um, he's a great fighter, you know. He's boring to me, man. You know, he, his style, uh, he's good, man, don't get me wrong, but his style it doesn't do it for me. His his personality, man, I fall asleep when he, when he talks. It's just not, it, the only few times I, I remember him knocking out Seth Basinski in Poland like a, mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. That was impressive, you know. And he got some impressive wins on his record, don't get me wrong, man, and he looks good, but he just doesn't do it for me, you know? And I think he's definitely a, a, a top guy at welterweight. Now fighting Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz, um, you know, dude has good, good cardio. Didn't really look good against Masvidal, I agree. But, you know, in the later rounds, Nate, Nate Diaz always comes forward. And uh, he makes it a fight. You know what I mean? He always makes it a fight. Uh, we all know what Nate Diaz can do. And if he's at the top of his game, he can win a fight, you know? Uh, will he at the top of his game against Edwards? I don't know. But I always feel like as lo as longer the fight goes, the more the chances that Nate Diaz can win the fight for some reason. And we saw in other fights with Leon Edwards that that he also has some. Pro we saw the, not as much as in the Dazania fight, but in the Cerrone fight, the last two rounds they were not really good from Edwards. It's it's a, it's a couple of years ago. It was in the Philippines, I know. Um, I'm just gonna take a gamble, man. I'm going with Nate Diaz, unanimous decision. Dude, there you go. I'm crazy, I know, probably, but I'm doing it, man. Fuck it. Now, I don't think it's like the craziest thing I've ever heard. I, I think he's, I think he's being a little bit undersold here, guys. I mean, these odds are pretty high now, minus six hundred. That's pretty excessive. But at the same time, you know, I, as much as I want to bet on Nate, I can't do it, man, because he just looks like kind of washed up to me, guys. I got to be honest. Like that fight with Mazadal, and his chin looks like it's, it's definitely on the way out. I think um, even that second fight with Connor got dropped three times in that fight. He did look against Anthony Pettis, but Anthony Pettis is a guy who's kind of at the end of his career now, as we've seen. So the guys have fought in almost two years now. He barely fights. Um, I don't know, man. I, I'm a big Nate Diaz fan. I think it'd be cool if he won, guys. I just I don't know how he wins this fight um, because Leon just kind of matches him or betters him everywhere. I think Leon's probably going to be able to equal him on the feet. Leon's a little bigger. Here's the other thing. Nate Diaz, I'm not sold on him as a welterweight. I think at lightweight, he can win more fights. Like His biggest wins are at lightweight. What's his biggest win at welterweight? I don't think he really has a big win, does he? What's his big? It'd be Pettis, but Pettis is not a. He's a. He's a lightweight too. So actually lightweight, yeah. Yeah, and, and obviously Connor, but I mean that's a lightweight too. So really, I think he's in the wrong weight class, guys. I don't think he should be fighting at one seventy. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't blame you, Marcel, because I think the odds are, are nuts. Uh, I think minus six hundred is excessive on Leon, but Leon's a great fighter, and honestly, yes. he should win this fight. Uh, uh, I think I'm leaning a little towards the decision, but I, honestly, I think this is a good opportunity for Leon to get a stoppage because it's a five-round fight. Um, and I think Leon, if he wants to get that title shot over Colby, he needs to finish. He goes out there and walks out ask you that. That'd be huge, huge for him. Pardon? I wanted to ask you that. If, let's say, Atlas yeah. wins, do you think he should get it? Or it depends how he win? wins. It just depends how. If it's a boring fight, no. But if he goes out there and puts on a good performance or even gets a stoppage, that would probably get him the title shot, I think. So we'll see. It's a good fight. Uh, the five rounds is, is interesting. First non-title, uh, non-main event five-round fight in UFC history, which is nuts. But, uh, yeah, I'm leaning towards Edwards, man, like everyone else is, except for you, Marcel. But, I mean, the odds are nuts. <laughs> the odds are nuts, and I don't blame you at all. I really wanted to pick Nate. I just – watching his tape back, I just can't. I, I just think 
that fight with with Masvidal, man, just showed you like how bad his face gets cut cut up, and and he got knocked down with a head kick, and he was just getting tooled yeah. in that fight. You know, right? You know what? That there was a terrible stoppage, horrible stoppage. You know what would have happened? I really wish we saw what would happen in the fourth and fifth exactly. round. Exactly. Right? But I, I, I can't pick him based on what I saw. What are you gonna say? Show me how people roasting me now for picking DS. Other, <laughs> so don't worry about it, man. Don't worry about it. They, <laughs> you might roast me for some of my picks coming up here. Now let's get to the next fight here. Davidson Figueroa versus Brandon Moreno, the rematch. We saw these guys fight last year to a draw. Now we have the rematch and Davidson Figueroa minus 230 favorite. Brandon Moreno plus 190. Give me your pick in this one, man. God of uh, God of War or the Assassin Baby? Great fighters, man. Great fight. Um, Davidson Figueroa, man. I said it in the Dutch podcast as well, man. He is like a nasty kind of fighter who absolutely doesn't really care about the rules. And he does everything to do to get the win, you know? And we saw that in the Alex Perez fight where he grabbed the cage twice to adjust mm -hmm. position. And uh, the, the referee didn't saw it. He, he he fought Moreno, I think, two or three times. And he got one point deduction. And that's why it was a majority draw. Um, he, he's just nasty. But it's kind of nasty in a good way as well. You know what I mean? Uh, he, he fights nasty. He's a good fighter. I really like what, what I see from him. I think he has improved on the ground as well. At the same time, I still think there is a lot of improvement there on the ground for him. You know, mm -hmm. Moreno, Moreno has to be smart and has to get the fight as soon as possible to the ground, in my opinion. And why is that? For a simple reason, because he's better there if he gets on top. You know, um, if he's gonna trade with with Davis or Figueroa, yeah, it will be fun. You know, but Davison will hit him hard. And Davison will probably win the rounds, you know, uh, most most of the rounds. Um, Moreno just should play it safe and go to the ground. But I don't think Moreno does that. You know, I think Moreno loves the game. He loves to stand up and bang. He loves the ground game. He, he's just complete and he loves to show that, you know. And uh, that will uh, do it. That, that's actually favoring Figueredo for me here. Uh, I don't see a finish again. Both guys say they're going to finish each other. I don't see it happening. But I think uh, Davison wins the fight by decision. Yeah, it's a great fight, obviously. We all saw the first one, guys. It was amazing. And I think this one should be good, too. Now, it's an interesting fight. I'm, and I, I actually agree with uh, your analysis, Marcel. I think Moreno, if he wants the easiest path to victory, he'll just shoot takedowns here. He won't even stand and trade because I think he has a big advantage with the takedowns. And Davidson's only career loss was against Formiga where he got taken down at will. Um, I think he has improved on the ground, but we did see Moreno take him down a few times. And I think that you know, if he wants to fight like that, he can win the fight. But if it stays on the feet, and I know Moreno, he talked to Cole Sheldon, um, and he said, you know, this, this guy's punches didn't hurt me. And I know what to expect this time. I mean, we all saw that fight, guys. We saw, we all saw how it went. I think Frigorier was lighting him up. And I think Moreno's just got a good chin. Maybe he gets cracked here and actually finished this time. Uh, I picked Figueroa the first time. I thought he even won the fight, even with the point deduction. I still think he won four rounds, four rounds to one. So he should have won. But it ended up being a draw. We get the rematch here. I think Moreno's got a chance for sure. I, I, I'm definitely not counting this guy out. He's a little bit younger, um, six years younger, Marcel. And he's making improvements every fight. So. I definitely think Moreno's a live dog here, but I still have to go with Figueredo just because, you know, before that fight, he was absolutely running through everyone, guys. I mean, he was just destroying guys. So I love the guy, and I'm not going to pick against him here, I don't think. So I'll, I'll lead towards Figueredo, but I do think Moreno could win the fight if he shoots takedowns and grapples. Uh, Matt says, uh, God awards a nickname we should pass down from fighter to fighter. <laughs> That's awesome. Over uh, under two minutes till Edwards get warned for extending his fingers. Man, he extended them a lot in his blow, and I really hope he doesn't do it here, but... It's an interesting fight. I mean, Nate's obviously got <laughs> some long reach too. It should be interesting. All right, Nate, let's get, Nate, will, Nate will also extend his, extend his finger, but not I was like say, this. He doesn't say like, things, but, not, but, like, but like this. <laughs> he wants to slap you. 
All right, let's get to the main event, the rematch that you've all been looking forward to between Israel, Adesanya, and Marvin Vittori for the UFC middleweight championship. These guys fought three years ago at the same arena, Marcel, which is crazy. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, and Vittori lost a split decision that he still thinks he won. Uh, Adesanya, after that, went on a nice win streak. Uh, Vittori hasn't lost since that fight, so this is a great fight, man. And right now, the odds for this fight, guys, Israel, Adesanya, minus 255, Marvin Vittori, plus 215. Marcel, give me your pick in the main event of UFC 263. Dude, the Dolce & Gabbana suit that he wore uh, uh, last Saturday, that that thing is expensive as hell, man. I saw that on the internet. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> but uh, sponsored now. They're sponsoring him now. So. Yeah, he's sponsored now. Yeah, um, yeah. This is actually uh, an odd fight to me. You know, it's it's a it's a good fight. It's a fun fight. I think uh, Adesanya. Adesanya is really upset with Vittori, man. And I, I actually like that because Adesanya normally is always like the playing guy. Like uh, he, he loves to talk shit, you know what I mean? But uh, it, it doesn't really get to him. And this time it really gets to him and what Vittori says. It really annoys him. And actually Vittori was always heated, is actually laughing and is uh, like making fun of that kind of stuff. So it's kind of weird to me, man. It's kind of the, the, the other way around. Uh, Adesanya... Yeah, we know he's dominant in the middleweight division. You called his loss against Blahovic, which I still uh, give you lots of credit for because no, not many people call that. Um, he looked good against Costa before that. Uh, the Romero fight was complete garbage, to be really honest. And he looked great against Whitaker as well. Uh, the Gaslam fight, everybody knows, was amazing. Um, Vittori, Vittori, I think he has he has become a lot better, man, than the first fight, you know, in 2018. Mm -hmm. Um he got wins against Ferreira, Sanchez. Those, those are listen, man. Those are maybe not the top level guys, but those are tough wins. You know, those are good wins. And after that, uh, the Robertson I expected. Jack Hermanson was actually that's his breakthrough fight. You know, short notice fight, one against Jack Hermanson, and after that, defeat Gavin Holland. And I expected him to defeat Holland. The thing is, in that fight, you saw he was anxious for Holland's punches you know mm -hmm. and he was hittable there and he took it to the ground because kevin holland's ground game is almost non-existing so uh he he could he could keep it to the ground it was actually a boring fight but really good to, really solid win for vittori to win that way now adesanya the thing is if you go standing with adesanya i think adesanya puts him away probably you know and uh, i think vittori's best chance is to get him to the ground again and try Pretty much destroy what Blahovic did, you know. But can he do it? Is he as strong as Blahovic to keep Adesanya on the ground? I don't know, man. To be honest, I think Adesanya will be very elusive and probably uh, will win the fight, man. Um, I'm going with Adesanya. Not really sure. I don't think it's a blowout like many people think. You know, I think it's a close fight. I think Adesanya will win eventually. Maybe a late stoppage, but I would say a decision win for Adesanya. Yeah, um, this is a great fight, obviously, guys. And I'm looking forward to it. I think it's intriguing. I watched that first fight back a few times the last couple of days. It's super close. I, I still think Israel probably won two to one, but that third round, Vittori had a lot of success with the takedowns. Um, and if that was a five round fight, it might've played out like the Blahovitz fight where Jan really turned taking it to Israel late in the fight with the takedowns. You guys know I did call Jan against Israel. And I mean, it's obviously a different fight, but I feel like there is a blueprint to beating him now, Marcel. I do think there is. Um, the guy's obviously do it. amazing striker. Don't get me wrong. He's an incredible striker. He's obviously got the reach advantage, everything, height. But, man, I, I got to be honest, guys. I think stylistically, it's not the easiest fight. I think Vittori's improved a lot with the grappling, obviously. And I think his striking's come a long way, too. I think that we saw that in the Jack Hermanson fight. 
We'll see, man. I mean, I think you guys are selling uh, the, the dog short here a little bit too. I'm seeing what Matt's saying. Yeah, I mean, I know. I don't. I don't know if you could say Jack Hermanson looked shot. I think Jack Hermanson looked really good in his last fight. I don't, I don't agree with that. I think that's a great win. I think beating Kevin Hall and dominating him like that way was pretty impressive. <clears throat> There's no doubt Israel's fought better competition or like that. You know, so I can't. I mean, most people are going to take Israel here, but I'm actually thinking Vittori could do it. I, I think he has a chance, Marcel. I really do because I think that. There's a hole in Adesanya's game, guys, and it's being able to get to – if you take him to the ground and hold him there and pin him to the ground, he has nothing off his back, offers nothing. And Vittori's a very, very strong top-control wrestler. Hell, I mean, I think he's got a chance, Marcel. So I'm actually leaning a little towards he the dog does. here, guys. Pardon? Pardon? He definitely does, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm leaning towards the dog in this one a little bit. And, again, I, I just don't want to – undersell Izzy just because he lost the last fight. I, I'm not, you know, I, it's not like I just, I'm randomly picking here. Like I watched his fights again. I watched this fight a bunch of times again, just to, to get a real good view of like how they would match up. And I think Vittori showed enough in that fight where I I'm willing to maybe take a shot at him as a dog here. So that's what I'm leaning towards. I mean, it's, it's not an official pick yet. Um, we have till obviously Friday to make those. So we'll see you guys. Uh, I'm leaning towards a little underdog. Go ahead. Go ahead. At the first fight, was Fatori already training at King's MMA, or was he I'm still not sure if he. I think he was still in Italy at that point. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like he's with Rafael Cordero now, guys. He's with a great camp. Obviously, training with Darius, Dos Anjos, all those guys. So exactly. He's yeah. at a good camp now. Like he's just a different fighter now. And you got to remember, like he's the younger guy too. And Vittori, younger fighters make improvements. Marvin's only 27 years old. I mean, he's looked really good. And I got to be honest with you, man. I wasn't sold on this guy. I really wasn't, Marcel. I'm like. I remember Al kept telling me he's going to be the first champion of UFC from Italy. And I'm like, I don't know about <laughs> yeah. that, Al. I'm like, I'm really not sure, Al. <laughs> but, I mean, well, the guys – bro, he shut me up with the last two fights. I didn't think he would win against Hermanson, and he looked great. And he looked phenomenal against Holland. And Holland – Holland's not the same problem that Adesanya has with the wrestling. I think Izzy's takedown defense is a little better. But I, I don't think it's great, guys. I really don't think it's great. And also – the one thing I noticed about that fight, Marvin was very smart. And when he got the takedown, he would grab it, um, grab Holland and pull him to the middle of the octagon so he couldn't use the fence to get back up. And I think if he does his thing as Sonia, it could be smart too. So we'll see, Marcel. But I think this guy is being a little bit underrated here. And I'm telling you guys, I just – Israel's – I talked about this last time. Everyone kept thinking he's like unbeatable. Like he's never going to lose. Israel's never going to lose. He's already lost them, May guys, and he's lost a bunch in kickboxing. Like the guy is – he's a good fighter, but – He's a human being, and he can lose. So I, I got to be honest, first of all, I haven't been too impressed with Israel the last couple of fights. He did look good against Costa, but Romero, he looked terrible against him. He, he looked bad against Dahoe, too. Go ahead. Guys, if you want to have a good time on Saturday, our, our, our fight week right now, go to Twitter, P-H-R-E, our guy, Al Zellino. He's uh, Italian. He's a journalist for BJ Penn as well, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's he's a great dude. He's really uh, – he's Italian, so he's really for Italian guys. He's also for regional Italian guys. So look him up, man. He's he's really into this fight week, man. He, the Italians can have a first champion, you know, in the UFC. So uh, he's a real good journalist as well, a friend of, of both of us. So, uh, yeah, look him up. No, for sure. All right, man. I mean, I think that's it for the breakdowns, guys. Like, I hope you enjoyed the show. I mean, I'm looking forward to the card. You know, we put the work in here, so should be okay. But, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. And, you know, I talk about this all the time. you got to take risks, too. You can't just play it safe and take all the favorites, guys. You know, you got to take some risks. you got to go against the grain sometimes. So if, if there's a dog you like, like Marcel sticking Nate Diaz wins and everyone else thinks he's nuts, I think he should stick to his guns. And, and if he wins, I think he's got a, a decent chance. So it's like that with me with some of these dogs, like the, the Tory and, and some of the other ones, like, you know, you got to stick to your guns, guys. And if you see something there where the market's saying something else, take a shot at it. You know, I think that's the way to, to make some money in the sport. 
is is predicting things when you're contrarian and going against the grain. Because I think when you go with everyone else, when you go with the crowd, it doesn't work in the sport. And uh, I would just encourage people to kind of like, you know, do their own research, obviously listen to other people that know the sport, like me and Marcel. But at the end of the day, it's, it's your money. If you're going to bet in these fights, you have to make the decision yourself. So that's what I would say about that. I'm just going to get this last comment from Daniel. He says, because of Vittori's issues on Fiala Edge, against Hall and all edges. Yeah, for sure. He didn't look great in the fear. What are you going to say? You, you got to feel just confident with what you do. You know, Absolutely. You know, yeah. Uh, if, if you don't feel confident, don't do it. If you're Absolutely. like, yeah, I, I feel, see, to yeah. feel this way, go for yeah. it. And I see a lot of people like wishy-washy and stuff, like, and they'll, you know, they'll get swayed really easily by, by someone saying something or, you know, someone else having a different thought in the fight. I, I don't think that's a good way to, to do this. You know, I think you have to stick to your guns a little bit. Um, so I, I think it's totally good that sometimes, you know, we disagree, me, Marcel, or, or me and you guys, or you guys and me disagree. I think it's great. You know what I mean? Like, if we all thought that, that the favorites would win every fight, Marcel would be boring, right? It wouldn't be a good sport. You, you, you know, you know the, fu the funny thing actually is that we disagree a lot, but we are very yeah. close with picks. You I know? know, it's crazy. Right? I know, I know, I know. Just because it, <laughs> it, it evens over the course of the year. Anyways, yeah. I'm looking forward to this car, man. Can't wait to talk about it. But uh, in the meantime, we're back with AJ um, on uh, Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Marcel's got some stuff going on next month, so I might have to switch up the time, guys, for the Monday and Tuesday show for like the next couple of weeks. I'm going to talk about Marcel. We'll decide what we can do. Um, that wouldn't yeah. be a permanent thing. It would just be temporary just because he, he wants to watch all the soccer and stuff, I guess. He's a big soccer guy. <laughs> yeah. totally, it's totally fair, Marcel. It's just that I got I obviously have a lot of going on with myself, so I got to see. Yeah, I know, but, man. Uh, I know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, my, my fiance, she's about to pop the kid out in a month, man. So, I mean, I got to spend a lot of time with her. She should be here in, in five minutes anyways. So I'll get to spend some time with her. I'm done work for the day, guys. So I'm excited, man. That was a lot of fun. Appreciate you guys joining us, man. Sure. That was that was awesome. Marcel, plug yourself, man. Big Marcel24, Instagram and Twitter, MMA DNA.nl, wherever you can find it, man. Awesome, man. And uh, Marcel, you've been killing it, man. I know you I know you just got like, 20,000 followers. It's amazing. So you're obviously killing it, man. Congrats. Thanks, man. Um, Thanks. have you heard back, by the way, from the Twitter? Have you heard from them at all? Or no, nothing yet, man. Yeah, you know? I didn't hear anything either. I applied a week ago for the verification. I don't they, get it anyways, but whatever. They say it, it takes seven days or something. So yeah, it's not. Honestly, I, I, I honestly don't even care. I'm not really a club chaser anyways. It, it, I just it, think it's good because it, it helps you show up in searches because I'm a news guy, right? So it helps. But you know, I'm not a club chaser, so it doesn't really you know, me Same. You know, yeah. the thing is, for me, it's more like there was another, like, imposter account. Like I know. Yesterday. For you, it's, I think it's it'd be good annoying. for you because you get imposters. Like, I've never had an yeah. imposter. I just think again it'd be good. And I mean, I've been covering the sport. Well, I probably write more articles than anyone else covering the sport. So it's kind of crazy. But anyways, it doesn't really matter. Um, I get this comment, Matt. Congrats on the baby. Thanks, man. First one should be born in about a month. So I'm excited. Another one's real quickly. Yeah, I hope so because <laughs> this guy wanted uh, to to switch up that show for the UFC 264, and I don't I don't want to do that. So we'll have to talk about that. But like I said, I think a few of these I think a few of these podcasts coming up, guys, we'll have to do. Uh, what time did you want to do? 7 p.m. Eastern. Would that be the time you said? Or something like that, or I gotta. Yeah, we'll have to see. We'll, we'll talk about it, guys. I'll tweet it out next week. Um, and and we will, again, we will let you know. Yeah, before, yeah. Clear before. <laughs> It'll be temporary too. It's not a permanent thing. Yeah, because sure. Marcel is like he was crying to me and saying, "I really want to watch soccer." Please, <laughs> well, I'm a crybaby. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, Marcel, you plug your stuff. I'll plug mine, guys. You guys can follow me on Twitter at mm Adam Martin. Always there to talk about MMA with you guys. Uh, so definitely follow me there. Podcast mmaoddsbreaker.com. It's our YouTube channel. It's on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, um, pretty much anywhere you find the podcast. Go to the description. It's it's in there. All the links that um, where else can I mean, bjpen.com, mmaoddsbreaker.com. All the news there. Elite fantasy, elite uh, elite sports betting, um, fantasy fanatics, and my MMA news. So I've got a lot of stuff going on right now. Busy, busy man, but I love being busy. It's good. 
Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in today, man. Um, Marcel, thanks again for joining me. I'll talk to you guys uh, Thursday at 4.30.